Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. is 365 Sports, powered by Sikkim365.com. Welcome to the Triple Option. Here's your host, Paul Catalina. Welcome into the Triple Option Thursday edition. No Pierre today. He's in New York, so I'm joined by the lovely and talented Jack McKenzie, uh, who is also producing the show today. There you see, there's Jack. In case you've never seen him before, which means you've probably never watched the show before, but uh, there's Jack. Uh, he's over there today. And uh, Jack, we have uh, we have quite a bit to talk about, but like you've never really done a small talk segment with me before. No, not really. So we're going to do small talk to start the show. I would like people to get to know Jack. Uh, this it didn't happen, although... Uh, I think you should, at least for, for you know, even though you're not going to be here, you know, you didn't decorate the studio for Christmas this year. You didn't give me the decorations you said you would bring. Oh, yeah. I know. I haven't been to my storage unit. So, no, I did not. I thought you might just have some. Like, seeing as you are. I don't have are, to have some. You, like, seeing as you are a huge Christmas nerd. My Christmas hat's over there. I thought I shouldn't wear it on air. Yeah. But, yeah. No, you are. So, like, on a scale of one to Buddy the Elf. Like where from Grinch to Buddy the Elf, like where are you? I'm definitely not that close to Buddy the Elf. I'm not that kind of energetic person. Okay. But like I definitely have a lot of follow up questions if you say your favorite holiday isn't Christmas. Okay. Um where would you put me on the Grinch to Buddy the Elf scale? Ooh, can you give me some options for like in-betweens? Um, like who are some figures that, that you can like nail down in between Jimmy Stewart. First hour of it's a wonderful life would be like, <laughs> okay. You know, would be like maybe in the middle, right? Yeah. Like, or not maybe in the middle, like, you know, Grinch, Jimmy Stewart, first hour, uh, you know, uh, I feel like you might be. Tim Allen at the start of the Santa Claus. Tim Allen started Santa Claus. I'll take that. I'll like, take that. You're not a, a hater hater, but like you're not really in the spirit. No, I get into it like, and look, I've been, since I've been married, I've been pushed more into the, the holiday stuff. Very, I mean, since November 1st, there've been Christmas trees up, not tree, trees and a giant nutcracker. There's a little mini tree in her office. There's a tree by my fireplace. There's a tree by the couch. Uh, there's a giant nutcracker. There's a little, uh, uh, like a three foot tall uh, decorative post box and basket for Santa. Um, there are, you know, little, there's nutcrackers and everything, like, you know, regular size nutcrackers and, you know, small decorative gold trees and everything you can imagine around. 
around the house. So, um, you know, a sign above the fireplace that says Christmas tree farm. That one I actually picked out myself because she gave me a Taylor Swift song. She gave me. Yeah, I think it is a a Taylor Swift song. I don't listen to her. I just, I I think that's one of her Christmas songs. You should, you should. She's not my cup of tea. She's incredibly talented and no, no one kill me. She should, she should be everybody's cup of tea. No, I, yeah, listen, you know, I can't, I can't begrudge you for your own personal taste, but, uh, no, I, I, uh, so no, but Jack is, uh, when we come in here about every other day on average, cause sometimes you're not here when I get here, but the last three days until today, there's been some sort of Christmas themed thing on the television. Yeah. I didn't do that today, but, um, you obviously didn't hear my headphones. I was playing Christmas music. Yeah, no, I'm not so. surprised. There's also been like, there was a day last week, Friday maybe, I came in here and you had, and you weren't playing, uh, you were playing like soft Christmas music, relaxing. Yeah. Not like, it wasn't Jingle Bell Rock or anything we, like that. We it threw wasn't one of those pop. like ambient Christmas yes, jazz was, things up on the TV. Yes, it was like the, something you'd hear in a hotel lobby. Yeah. Like that's that's what it was. It was, uh, it was a nice chill, chill way to, to have the day. Yeah. All right, Jack. So uh, a couple things to get to today. Uh, the biggest story in the transfer portal uh, happened yesterday about five o'clock uh, where Texas quarterback Malik Murphy 2-0 uh, as a starter this year in um, relief of Quinn Ewers, who was out with a shoulder injury. Um, he is in a transfer portal. And I do want to talk about like the potential for him and like, you know, there's a lot of places that he really fits and he could go. But I also uh, think he is, and a lot of people in the college world media are talking about this. It's shed a light on the absolutely wonky, broken nonsense calendar that exists in college football because he has to, for his own personal career, if he wants to be a starter, the, the, the depth chart at Texas at quarterback is not, is not going to allow him to, to be the starter next year since Quinn Ewers is coming back. So he would have to like just repeat this year again. And, you know, Arch Manning is behind him. You know, all, all those things that, that exist on the Texas quarterback depth chart. So he, like most people in his same spot, has to get in the transfer portal. So he, as a former four- or five-star recruit, depending on what you thought of him when he came out, but he is a big-time talent and quarterback, has to go in the transfer portal. Well, Texas is in the college football playoff, and if Quinn Ewers gets hurt in that game, and say he's gets hurt and he's out for the next one. Well, it's the Arch Manning area at Texas, and that's a huge loss for the Longhorns. Not to say that Arch may not be great. I mean, but it's a true fresh like it's a true freshman starting in the most important game, you know, of the season. You don't want that, no matter what his last name is. Yeah, that, that's not just the most important game of the season, though. That's the most important game for the University of Texas. Longhorns football team since 2005, probably 2009, 2009. I keep forgetting because um, they lost I, that. Game, I would yeah. love to love to not have to give that to them. But yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, like, and so, yeah, since so in in 15 years, right, it's it's the most important game that they that they had. Like and those are coming a up. True freshman quarterback who played what was the equivalent of what? Three A high school. Yeah, like that is. You don't want to have to have that be your situation, but 
I think it's fully understandable why Malik Murphy felt the need to do this. I mean, if Quinn's coming back, which... Uh, has he announced officially that he's coming? He back? has not announced officially, but like so, the, so the writing so like Malik probably knows. Yeah, you know <laughs> he knows Quinn. He can ask him. <laughs> yeah. So if you if you think that he's coming back and you're Malik, you're like, man, I'm only getting older. I'm only losing years of eligibility. I need to go somewhere, prove that I can be a starter at a high level, and it's not going to be Texas. Like, it would be so impossibly tough to beat Quinn out. Not because Malik is like infinitely worse than him or anything. Just once you're the starter, once you're the guy who's gotten your team to the playoff, how are you going to be benched? Like Tua doesn't happen all that often. If, if even more than what, once a decade, maybe. Yeah, no, exactly. So, and you know, one of the things that, um, you know, we, we've, we talked to some of the recruiting people who covered Arch Manning, particularly, um, you know, I remember what Mike Scarborough, uh, our friend uh, that covers LSU. Love uh, Mike Scarborough. Yeah. that What Mike said, he said, look, he's like, I can't tell you that he's like not a, a fantastic football player. He's a, but I don't know how good he is because he is so much better than everybody he plays that I can't. I can't get a read on how he'll do when he's in the game with equal talent, which he will be at Texas or superior talent, depending on who you're playing, you know? So, um, you know, he could like, he could be not only like the scion of the Mannings, but like also be injected, you know, like a superhero with the DNA of every great quarterback in history. He's still a true freshman that you don't want to, you know, have to trot out if you don't want to, if you don't have to, in the biggest moment in your school's history. <laughs> well, not maybe that school's history, but like in recent history for your school that's fought so hard to get back to where you believe that you belong, you know? Uh, and so it sucks. Like they've got to do something about it. Like the early signing period seemed like a really great idea at the time because every other sport had it. Now it's kind of a mess, right? Like there's, yeah. so the early signing period, and look, we saw it here at Baylor. Um, when Matt Rule left in 2020, he had a signing class that had signed an early signing day. They went to the Sugar Bowl, lost to Georgia. Within a week, he's gone, and he's with the Carolina Panthers. Maybe longer than that. I don't know, but it wasn't long. You know, it wasn't very long. Wasn't at all. very long. He's with the Carolina Panthers, and where's you know where's Baylor? They've got Dave Aranda. Well, now, um, you know, if that recruiting class wasn't really the best, and Dave Aranda can't do anything about it because or if it's not guys that he necessarily would have wanted, yeah. then he can't do anything about it because they've already signed three weeks before he got the job. He's And, and like he's put in a position where he's just got to be happy that he has a signing class mm-hmm. and that this was a situation where a coach left because of a bigger opportunity, not because he was run out the door. But if you think about the possibility of a coach gets fired after a two and 10 season, uh, and then they, they have to piece together a signing class in two weeks, you know, from a team that was already bad, you know, like all these things. Well, now, like, you're already like, all right, well, that that class is kind of screwed. If you don't hit in the portal the next year, you're kind of screwed. You know, so then you're, you're a year behind of where you think you should be overall. Maybe two now because you've missed on two different things. And 
uh, the calendar is all wonky. So you make a bowl game. Great. Oh, crap. Well, now you, your backup quarterback is going to leave because he's got to go somewhere else. So you're not going to have him for your bowl game. Uh, your starting quarterback might be, uh, you know, uh, might be unhealthy or whatever. So now what you're, if you're a great team with an NFL caliber quarterback who doesn't want to get hurt in a bowl that doesn't mean something. Yeah. So yeah. And then the, you've got all that. Like, so like, like if you're, if you're Georgia this year and you're not necessarily have the quarterback situation they have, but say you've got a quarterback who's looking at the NFL draft being like, well, we're not in the playoff. So I need to make sure I'm ready for the draft. Yeah. And then your backup's like, well, I don't like it here anymore. I want to go somewhere else. Yeah. What? Yeah, you, you're signing. You've got a five-star that's behind me that you that everybody likes that's probably going to play before me once we get to spring. You signed a five-star that's going to be the backup. You know, those kind of things. Well, I've been hearing about y'all looking at bringing in a transfer to challenge me in the spring. No, yeah. I want to go somewhere where I'm I just, am going to start. Yeah, I'm just going to go. And then here you are in the Orange Bowl, potentially, right? On and your third-string quarterback. On your, on your third-string quarterback. And not because anybody got hurt, just because they all left. Yeah, the calendar has to absolutely change and start to make sense. You can't be playing games while the transfer portal's open. Yeah. It, well, it, and yeah, you can't be playing. Exactly. You cannot be playing games while, you know, especially right up until like, okay, so the transfer portal does actually close in the middle of the bowl games, right? Before it opens again in the spring. Yeah. But so say you're Texas Tech right now. You're at the Independence Bowl getting ready to play, but anybody on that roster could get pissed off and leave the day before the game. Mm -hmm. Like that's how weird this is and it doesn't make sense and the, and the one of the most amazing things and and college football is now like the NFL, it's a year-round sport. Yeah. Right? It's a year-round sport where there's all these things going on. The NFL has been very brilliant with its calendar where each month they have a big thing. So, you know, in January, it's the end of the playoffs. In February, it's the Super Bowl and the Combine. And then in March, it's free agency. In April, it's the draft. You know, June, you've got mini camps. Like, so there's always something to talk about. July, you know, is kind of the deadest month, but again, it's training camp start at the end of the month, and then you're into your preseason and season. So college football would be best served to come up with an idea that would fit its calendar better and make, you know, look, part of the other thing is, is that well, the, the free agency is before the draft for a reason so that you can address things knowing that the draft is a crapshoot because if you go into the draft saying like we better get a linebacker in the first two rounds who's going to start for us who can start for us well unless you've got the first pick in each round there's no guarantee that you can control who you're going to get yeah. right and even if you have the first pick in the second round there may not be control over depending on who's available to you so and if it, you're it's the exact opposite with college football where you know what you can get in your recruiting class yeah. for the most part. Like there's not going to be too many, too many flips or anything like, you know, Hey, we need a guy at this position. We're going to get a guy at this position. He's going to be young. He's going to be raw, but like we are filling areas of need transfer portal. It's a lot more of a crapshoot. Like you, you are, it's a different kind of competition for the same okay. guys. I go ahead. Okay. I'll give you an example. Miami is hosting every portal quarterback 
that will take a flight down there. And they should. Yeah. But they're still, even though they'll get one, there's a there's a non-zero and a larger than non-zero chance uh, that the people, like the top five they want could all go somewhere else. And then they just got to be like, okay, uh, you, you want to come to Miami? Really? Great. <laughs> I've never been outside of, outside of Duluth before. Thanks guys. <laughs> I'm happy to be there, you know? And then you're, you're kind of screwed because you wanted Cam Ward or Dante Moore, or Will Howard. And then you've got somebody that's in the middle of that, that like, all right, he's fine, but you're right back where you started. So yeah, like you can have all that, but you, you have no idea how it's going to work out for you. It's got to balance out somehow because it is yeah. none of it makes sense. And there, there's one more problem I want to raise with all this because we, we, we got close to it in that like the schedule is messed up and the problem. A problem here is that you're not just trying to hold your sports schedule like the NFL only really has to cater to the NFL schedule. College sports, you have to you have to work around the student athlete of it all. You have to work yeah. around the academic schedule. And so you've got to find ways to schedule out the, the portal windows and the signing days and all of that to match not only the majority semester systems, but how's it going to work for the schools that are on quarter systems like UCLA? Yeah. Like there, there are issues there. There are big issues there because to be on a team, you have to be enrolled in classes. Well, enroll like dates to to be enrolled in classes oh like they only last so long and frankly i don't think there's even a window where enough kids could visit schools between the end of the playoff like the national championship game on what this year is going to be what the eighth yeah uh the eighth of january and when classes like across the nation start and you can't enroll in classes anymore like maybe maybe that's a big enough window for like of one visit here one visit there but overall like yes the calendar absolutely has to change and i don't i don't question that like i advocate for that but finding well, yeah, a window to make it work yeah you've got yeah you you've brought up like that and that's probably the reason that the window exists where it does right yeah, now that, that's why i think that, it does that, yeah that's the only reason it makes sense that it would right because but the sport is going more towards professionalism yeah so like this is a very real area where that like that is being stretched to its limit mm-hmm no, uh, you're right. Yeah, I mean, like, there's, they've got, they've got to make, they've got to make it make sense somehow. And some of it might be adjusting the whole calendar, which I think it's a mistake to put. Like, I think you should get conference championship, Army Navy game. That's Playoff. the buy. We should be in the college football. Pl- I mean. And I think we kind of will be, but it'll be a little bit longer. But the Saturday after the Army-Navy game every year, we should be in the college football playoff. Yes. That's where we should be. Absolutely. And the bowl ga- the other bowl games should all be fit in around it and through it to where you've got college football pretty much every night. You know, start it like once the conference championships are over and or the, once Army-Navy is over, you've got college football every night until you know new year's day week like even if 
Like it's got to like to me if you so end like this past this past weekend was Army Navy. So yeah. then we'd be coming up on this weekend. That would be round one of the playoffs. So the teams that have buys wouldn't be playing. Your your uh, other eight teams would be yeah. playing that first round. And then the next weekend mm-hmm. you'd be playing that that quarterfinal match. The, yeah. the those four teams that got the buy hosting yeah. or, or whatnot. Yeah. Like that that's how it needs to be because then you can finish up theoretically with a national championship on New Year's Day or so. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So like basketball players already like don't really get the holidays in college. So I don't fully understand arguments against football players also not getting. Yeah, no, it's it's like Thanksgiving and Christmas are both taken up for college basketball players, so well, I, it is I don't for, think that should be a concern for football. For players. more than a third, almost a half of the teams in college football too in that, you know, um, you're practicing for your bowl. You're practicing for your bowl anyway. So yeah, no, all of that's like, just take back December as much as you can. Like the NFL is not going to give you any ground, but like, look, just make sure your playoff, like even if the playoff game has to be on a Friday night instead of a Saturday, then do that. But it should be the week after army Navy, you're starting the playoff and you're just rolling straight through till then. And then maybe it's not January 1st, technically that everything ends, yeah. but it's that week that it's over and then you're done and you've got it all in. And then you're, you know, you can roll on uh, with the rest of it, but yeah, you should, they should not be playing games in my opinion, after about January 5th. Like that to me should that that's when you need to, to end it and move on. But you know, uh, they've, they've tried to, and of course, part of this is all the old school way of college football bending their way into like trying to fit the old ways into the new ways and, and flow things through. Well, let's just, let's just start admitting what it is and make it real. And, you know, December should be, if you're a college football fan, even if you're not crazy about the bowl system, but I should be able to every single night sit on my couch and watch a college football game mm-hmm. every single night. And it's almost like that, but it's not. And then let the other ones like that gives you tons of promotion. If you're these networks that are carrying the bowl games and are going to carry the playoffs, cause we'll be on multiple networks to promote the college football playoff. Like, you know, you know why we're so like, we don't forget when the end, like, does anybody who's a football fan in the NFL playoffs walk around and go, what are the playoffs today? No, they know <laughs> it's been inundated into their brain. Yeah. Like, they're there. And yeah, it would be a lot better. We have uh, Jack has a great idea for the college football postseason that is not the college football playoff. I think it's great. It's a great. I think I, I agree with you, Jack. It's a fantastic idea. Um, it should get play everywhere in the world. Uh, so I, I think we should uh, uh, talk about that in the last segment, but let's talk in the next segment about like where Malik Murphy fits and yes, yes. who, where he could be good because got a little sidetracked. He's not, no, but I mean, I think that's a better, that's, I mean, it, he's like kicked off this topic, but talking about Malik Murphy in the actual sense of him as a football player and not as the avatar for the broken calendar, uh, uh, is, is something we we owe to Malik Murphy at least, you know. Absolutely. Uh, but he's not like I've seen a couple of people think he's the best available quarterback in the portal. Um, I think that that's subjective depending on what you think of as best. I mean, I think Cam Ward's the best available quarterback in the portal. But again, Possibly you're a little more proven. But you're only going to have him for a year. 
Malik Murphy, you're potentially going to have him for a couple of years. Like he's got, like Cam Ward, you have him for this year and you better make the most of it, whoever gets him. Uh, but yeah, Cam Ward, one year, wonder. Kyle McCord, one year. Like you're going to get those guys, Grace McCall, one year. You know, Will Rogers, one year. Whoever those guys are that you know, mostly one year. Blake Shapin might be two. I don't know. I, I don't know how the COVID math works anymore. But Belit Murphy has at least a couple years available to you unless he has just an unbelievable year next year and then you're only gonna have him for one year anyway but you do have that eligibility down the line for malik murphy we'll talk about where he fits this is the triple option on 365 sports if your business is like most you need things done quickly but if you're still tying your critical applications together on multiple shared public networks, you've probably been feeling the slowdown. And that's no good for business. A private UPN fiber network can get you and your business moving at the speed of light. Whatever you need, we can build it. Internet, Metro Ethernet, Waves, Dark Fiber. We deliver custom private networks and are focused on business customers only. Our next generation 100% fiber optic infrastructure offers you low latency and ultra scalable bandwidth with speeds up to 100 gigabit to run your critical applications. Your connection won't be limiting your performance anymore. It's diverse and scalable, so it can grow and change as your business grows and changes. And with a secure carrier grade private network, you'll have all the reliability you need. Contact UPN today to learn more. Fast just got faster. This is 365 Sports, powered by Sikkim365.com. Welcome to the Triple Option. Here's your host, Paul Catalina. I think I've got to get my glasses adjusted, Jack. They're like... A little crooked. It's bothering me. I'm looking at myself in this monitor, and uh, I, don't, I don't know if I care for the way these are sitting on my face. They look uh, normal to me. Okay. You I'm, look good, man. I'm glad. I'm glad. Thank you. Thank you. Um, yes, I am. I am the talent, so I do have a bit of a fragile, uh, you know, picture of my own self-worth. Uh, <laughs> so. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> thankfully... Uh, I'm not. I'm not struggling with that too much right now. <laughs> look at look at. It he's comes got, and goes. He's got a fresh haircut, you know. And it's, Courtesy it, of champions. Yes, I was just there. I was just there last week myself, or last week, two days ago, uh, myself. Uh, Champion Salon Barber, uh, a place that's uh, just down the road from here, uh, and it's fantastic. If you're in town in Waco and would like to get a haircut and a shave, it's a great place to go. Yeah, friends so, of the show. Have you ever had a straight razor shave, Jack? By the way, I have not. No, uh, I, I highly recommend it. It's not something you're going to do every month, but like if you ever want to treat yourself to some nice relaxation, you know, I'm not allowed to have them anymore because I have to have this beard. <laughs> my, my wife likes the beard, so um, I don't think I can grow a beard that good. So yeah, uh, so just need one. So just grow your, you know, whatever you have out for a couple days, and then pop it in there and treat treat yourself to to a straight razor shave. Okay, you'll feel like an old fashioned fancy man. <laughs> oh man, as if, as if as if it's the 1940s. You know, they put the hot towel in your face. It's great. Straight razor shades. Fantastic. Fantastic. Hot towel does sound nice. Yeah. I'll never be able to have one again as long as, as long as, you know, as long as Amanda still likes this beard. If she, it goes to a point where she's like, yeah, I've changed my mind. Kind of like, 
how you like liked a band when you were in high school and then you hear them when you're older and you're like, ah, I was probably just riding the wave. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I haven't run into that too much, but every now and then yeah, it, it hurts a little. It's like, you, oh, I liked that. Yeah, you're not too like it'll happen more the older you get when yeah. you realize like, oh, this was totally music for someone who is 19 years old. And then when you're 39, you're like, ah, that makes me nostalgic, but I'm not going to like really rock to it right now. Oh, so. yeah. There, there are a couple songs where I'm like, oh, I love this, but I love it because it, like it was a high school memory. Yeah. <laughs> you know? No. Uh, I, I, I mean, for me, that's and it was college, but it was Creed. You know. Oh, for me, and I, I don't know how this this might date me or not, but uh, it was the chain smokers. Oh, it doesn't date not kill. I mean, I just dated myself with Creed. Yeah, I, I know, <laughs> so. I know. Just like I, I, I don't know what people think of chain smokers these days. No, yeah, I mean, it comes and goes. It comes and goes. All right, so we talked about Malik Murphy and what he means for the calendar and why he's the kind of example of why these things need to change. But where does he fit? Like. If you're talking about a guy with three years of eligibility remaining, uh, who was a four or five star recruit, one of the, the most highly sought after quarterbacks in the country coming out of high school, um, you know, he is going to have plenty of suitors. He's two and zero as a starter in a Power Five conference. Uh, you know, his stats were not like, oh dear God, we've got to get this guy on board in a second. Uh, if you just look at the stats, I mean, he he threw for four hundred some odd yards in the two games. Um, Three touchdowns, three picks. So that the three picks aren't good. But again, his first two starts, um, you know, uh, he came in at the end of the Houston game and was so keyed up. Uh, I'm surprised he didn't like throw the ball through the wall. Uh, but he has a he has a laser rocket arm. He's he's got an NFL body today uh and you just have to polish it you don't have to build him into that and so he's what six five two thirty eight something like that um you know not like super fast or mobile but mobile enough and has enough escapability he reminds me a lot of dante culpepper um when it comes to like size and strength and skill set and someone who can can do that so to me if i'm if I'm Malik Murphy, the places I'm going to go are the places that can make the most of my skill set uh, right away. And I don't necessarily like I'm not going to run away from competition because, you know, everybody's going to put you in a quarterback competition. But I'm going to go somewhere where I can win at the level I was winning at at Texas because he really did enjoy being part of that team. And this has nothing to do with like him being mad at Texas. It's just the reality of the situation. And that's going to get me ready for the NFL. So my first choice, if I'm Malik Murphy is Ohio state. Really? And, and, and my first choice, if I'm Ohio state right now actually moves on from cam ward or someone like that to Malik Murphy, because of what I can do for the next couple of years with a guy like that in the fold. Hmm. I I have a lot of questions about Ohio State's quarterback room right now. Well, I mean, right now it's just Devin Brown and then a bunch of incoming freshmen. Yeah, <laughs> but I almost feel like they they might want the reset. They might – maybe I'm reading the situation wrong, but you've lost to Michigan three years in a row. And it's – I. I, th- I almost feel like if Ryan Day feels like he can have a year where he can do a mini rebuild, you know, win, win 10 games when 10 games is the expectation instead of 12, mm-hmm. 
with a younger quarterback and maybe try and be like, hey, we're going to go with this young guy. We're going to have some growing pains this year. We should still be very successful. And then we're going to build to him being a junior and being able to run the table because we've got one of the best quarterbacks who's a three-year starter now. Like, I I do think that constantly going, like, it, it can be dangerous to get into that cycle of, well, we need a rental, well, we need a rental, well, we need a rental. And, and having guys that you recruit out of high school be beaten out by those guys a lot. Like, I, I don't know. Yeah, no, you're you're right. I mean, like, I, I do think though that like he he I mean, like Cam Ward would be a total rental for them, right? And yeah. most of the guys available would be would be rentals. But two years of Malik Murphy makes but, it a little different. Yeah, it's a little bit different, and it gives they've got a five star guy in Air Noland coming in that gives you you know a little bit more time with him. What a name! Uh, yeah, oh no, fantastic name, fantastic name. Uh, so I think Ohio State is the best spot for him. Um, me personally. Uh, I mean, look, Michigan doesn't know about JJ McCarthy necessarily yet, but it appears that he's got enough love in the NFL draft circles that he's going to leave. Uh, so if Michigan's in the water, I would consider Michigan as well, especially, you know, given that offense is going to, is going to kind of play right into, they're not going to ask him to, you know, run the ball a lot. They're going to, they're going to build up with power, big offensive linemen, you know, get him some good wide receivers, you know, it's secondary to me to Ohio State, but there's a lot of opportunities out there. But I'm, I'm I think the best. I mean, look, one of the best quarterback co- coaches in the country is Ryan Day, um, and yep. one of the best offensive coordinators in the country is Brian Hartline. So I'm just kind of surprised we haven't heard a lot about them hosting transfer quarterbacks yet. It's very strange because to me, the minute that Kyle McCord went out the door, I would like unless they really like Devin Brown that much and are not worried about it. I mean, I've got, I've got my, my, my pedal on the floor trying to find somebody. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I, I don't know what to say about Ohio state, man. Yeah. Just now it's a, it's a good situation. I just feel like if I'm Malik Murphy, I'm, Possibly looking more at Lincoln Riley and USC. Well, that that's a good point. And look, like, they've I'm got a California guy. Yeah, they did recruit me out of high school. Uh, different staff, but like, go back home, help bring them into the Big Ten. I I think there's there's a lot to be said about the opportunity that that awaits there if he chooses to take it. Yeah. No. I I, I mean I think that there is there's a ton there for him because look the. If you're saying which coach can get me to the NFL and get me noticed more, then there's there's you know Ryan Day is great, but Lincoln Riley's the trump card right yeah, there. It, I feel like C.J. Stroud was the first Ohio State quarterback to hit in a while in the NFL. Correct me if I'm wrong. Like I mean, like you can the the, the jury's still out on Justin Fields who uh, predates C.J. As a Stroud. Packers fan, but, yeah. no, the jury is they've come back. He's guilty of not being a good quarterback. He's played well the last few weeks, though, Jack. Mm, last they're, they're, few in weeks. The, they're in the race, baby. <laughs> the race for what? <laughs> the last wild card spot. Listen, it's going to come down to Justin Fields and Tommy DeVito. So you're saying my Packers are going to get the sixth spot? <laughs> yeah. You'll, you'll be, if they get in, Because legitimately, be legitimately, yeah. I would take Jordan Love over Justin Fields. Oh, yeah. No, me too. Me too. Because Justin Fields is a guy who's trying to not be a running back in the quarterback position. No, and um, 
I also think that like he was great in college. Do not get me wrong. Yeah, he like he's gonna like the thing about a Justin Fields type is he has to wind up in the exact perfect situation like Lamar Jackson did to to do what he can do as he develops as a complete quarterback. Now, Lamar Jackson's one of the best players in the NFL, one of the most complete players in the NFL, mm-hmm. but the Ravens are smart enough to go, okay, well, here's what we're going to do with you right now, and then we'll, we'll, you know, we'll water the rest of the lawn, but you don't have to, like, you don't have to be this guy until you're ready. Yeah. Um, the Eagles did it with Jalen Hurts very well. Very well. And... It'll start to change, but the Bears aren't, you know. I'm just looking at the different kinds of guys Lincoln Riley yeah. has developed into oh, yeah. NFL Look, starting J- quarterbacks. J- Jalen Hurts is one of them. Jalen Hurts is one of them. Like, yeah. Great, give Bama some some of their due on that. Yeah. Uh, but but yeah. you're looking at Baker Mayfield, Kyler Murray, Jalen Hurts. Like, I, I, I K- trust Caleb Lincoln Williams Riley now more. is the next one. So I trust Lincoln Riley more. Yeah. Uh, so if if Malik's work work ethic and talent are good enough, then yeah. I think I think Riley will get him to the NFL, and it would be more of a sure thing than Ryan Day. Yeah. No. So, I. I. Yeah. I agree. So like to me, because I think all, all a lot of other things are fairly similar. Like you're probably going to have a better supporting cast at Ohio State, but USC isn't going to be far off on the offensive side. Yeah. Um. If your goal is the draft, like yeah, you want to win in college, and USC. Mm-hmm. We'll probably still keep you up towards the top of the Big Ten. Like that, mm. That's a question mark, but there's a lot of opportunity there. You live in a nicer place, closer to home. You're not going to get any less NIL money from USC and LA than you would get from Ohio State. Like, Yeah. I know you're not the, the talk of the town all the time in LA, but shoot, there's still plenty of money out there. Yeah, yeah. Um, Are there any other places that like pique your interest as far as destinations? Uh, Auburn does. Auburn. Um, now look, they're not winning at the level that those other schools are that we've talked about. No. Um, although USC is coming off a terrible season, but not because of their quarterback play. Um, but they're changing. Like I don't think they're going to be that bad next year in the Big Ten. I don't think they're they're probably going to win the thing either, though, if they don't you know get really right on defense. But uh, Auburn is interesting to me because of Hugh Freeze and. The way that he's, you know, coached up quarterbacks in the past. Uh, Washington and Kalen DeBoer are really interesting to me. Um, I, you know, there's a random one that that I'm curious of your thoughts on. <laughs> Texas A&M. Oh, uh, with Colin Klein. I still don't think A&M, unless they get bowled over, like he would be one that you would go like, do I? It's him and Connor Wigman. Like, you're essentially throwing Connor Wigman in the portal if you do that. <sighs> Man, that's intriguing. That's intriguing. I just want to put it out there. I, I yeah. don't think it will happen. I, I don't think that would be the smart move for A&M, yeah. probably. Because you have, you'd have to be so certain that that Malik is is better than Wigman. Like yeah. incredibly certain. And I like I, I don't like AM likes Connor Wigman. The yes. new staff likes Connor Wigman. Like it's he's not he wasn't like Max Johnson and um oh golly, I forgot That's his King? name or the Fresno State kid Henderson oh. didn't beat him out. You know, he got hurt and he was out for the season. So, you know, it wasn't it wasn't like that. So, yeah, I would be intrigued. I'd be intrigued if I were. Um, Overall, do you think Malik gets his pick or do you think it? Oh, yeah. 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 I mean, like he's a little bit late in the game, but 
you know, look, I, I, I'm not taking Nebraska off the board for him either. You know, that, that one that one could be very interesting. Uh, it depends on what happens with Dominic Riola, which I think he's going to Nebraska. Like, I, I, I buy from Wilt Fong and everybody else that, like, I buy all those crystal balls. Like, that, you, don't, you don't have all the experts in the field saying, like, you know, he's, he's away from Georgia, especially considering Georgia appears to have moved on with another quarter, other quarterbacks, like, down the line, that they're, they're fine with. Now, they do have this shot of Carson Beck deciding he wants to go to the NFL, but I don't think that's going to happen. Uh, I think he's going to be there for one more year at least uh, because he's he's on the he's on the rise, but he's not like you know. There, there's four guys that will get picked before him this year, no matter how well he plays in the Orange Bowl, right? Like he could throw for 700 yards against one of the best defenses in the country, and they'd be like, "Yeah, but I'm still taking Caleb and Drake and you know all these other guys in front of you." So you know, there's no guarantee you get in the first round. It's where next year Carson Beck will probably be the number one or two quarterback coming out. You would <laughs> think so. Um, yeah, I mean, like, uh, you know, uh, Florida would be intriguing if I could figure out what the hell is going on there. If, if I'm Malik and I'm concerned about winning much at yeah. all, like, not he doesn't necessarily have to be, but I would not be going to Florida. Have you seen the way their schedule ends? Oh, their schedule, their schedule's really, really hard. Like, dear Lord. <laughs> it's Dear really, Lord. really hard. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I doubt that that has to be high up on the list of things Malik is considering in his decision-making process, but that's not something to not mention. Well, look, it's a, um, you know, Billy Napier is not quite on the Chip Kelly, Dave Aranda scale of uh, this is it for you, but here's, here's who Florida has to play next year. They have to play Miami. They play A and M. They play Mississippi's. Like I'll give you all the all the ones that are. These are all teams that could potentially beat Florida mm-hmm. next year. Miami, <laughs> and they play that once like a. They do like once a decade. They do a home and home uh, because when Miami got good in the eighties, Florida decided they were too afraid to play them. <laughs> um, and then said, we'll just do it once a decade, and we'll wait for us both to suck. Um, they play A&M. They play Mississippi State. UCF. Now, that's at home, but, like, I'm telling you, I mean, that's – like, they should win that game, but that's a potential loss against they, a Big 12 they'll team. They'll need to treat that one like Tennessee. Yes. Oh, you mentioned Tennessee? Guess who they play right after that? Tennessee. <laughs> Tennessee. Then they play Kentucky, who's got Brock Vandegrift. Then they play Georgia. Then they go to Texas. They play LSU, Ole Miss, and Florida State. They have Samford is the only game I can guarantee you that Florida is winning next year. Oh, boy. That is, you know what? To my friends in Gainesville... On paper, you have just achieved the hardest schedule in the history of college football. <laughs> oh, I, I would be hard-pressed to find one from, from recently that could compete. I mean, the worst name on it is Samford, and that's an FCS school. The second worst name on it is UCF. Like, 
And that's a school that is good. Like, they're good. I, and, I'd argue Miami is in a worse place than UCF right now. Yeah, but, but it's still my, like, but that one, it's the first game of the season. You don't know who Miami's quarterback's going to be. I'll tell you, Miami is more talented year two of Cristobal than they were year one, and they're going to be more talented year three. In fact, the only thing that's going to get in their way is, A, not getting one of the quarterbacks they want, and B, Mario Cristobal. Cristobal not learning his like, lesson. <laughs> yeah, like not knowing how clocks work. <laughs> Like that's, <laughs> they need to take him to like a first grade class where you learn to tell time. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Paul, you don't got to dunk on the Florida schools too no, much. No, but like don't, that's the things that are going to trip them up, Yeah, you know, right? Because they're better. Like Miami is a lot better than they were and they're trending up. It just. So that just sounds like a death trap for a portal quarterback. Yeah. Honestly. So because if your team loses too many games, you're not really going to be able, be able to keep that heat off of you as the quarterback, even if you're playing pretty pretty well. Yeah. So now Florida state, what, what's y'all's quarterback situation heading into next year? Um, no, Malik Murphy would make sense for them a little bit. Um, I, I, I mean, like Cam Ward and DJU are both visiting. I think DJU is there today and tomorrow and Cam Ward is there Saturday. Cause that, uh, that's a playoff caliber team that won't have their quarterback from this year, next year. No. And that like Mike, uh, Mike Norvell's proven to be, I think the best at getting the most out of the portal uh, so far. I mean, um, you know, there's guys who are good at it, but like as far as let me, you look What's at this spec on Lane Kiffin. You look at this team. Uh, look, is Lane Kiffin in the playoff? No. Come on, you know I was joking. Yeah, but no, I, I said Florida State's team. not either. Uh, but should have been. been. But yeah, so yeah, no, I, I think because that is. They'll have linemen back next year. They'll have some some of the rec- the linemen they've recruited the the big time guys that are ready to start next year. They're they're gonna have they have really good young skill position players. You know the defense is still gonna be really good. Um, so yeah, I mean if I'm Malik Murphy, I would consider Florida. If they call me, I'm going. That's for sure. Yeah. Uh, I'm I'm definitely going. I'm I'm going to take a visit. Um, I don't know if because they've got. Uh, Brock Glenn, and then they've got Luke Cromanup coming in. If that's like necessarily what they want to do, uh, hi Cole. <laughs> uh, uh, one I of was our photographers to go so well playing it off. No, I, I wanted to say hello to Cole, one of our our talented new photographers and reporters. Cole, yeah. come here, get on camera. Come here, come here, come here, come here. I'm on camera ready. No, I don't care. But here, get on, get on camera. Look right there. Scru- uh, hey, everybody. Sit down so you like people look, you know, for a <laughs> He's tall. There you go. That's Cole. That's He's one of our reporters and photographers. He's very talented. Yeah. So if you're hiring in a couple years, you know, <laughs> or, you know, whatever. Maybe. <laughs> You know, he's really good. Okay, now get out of here, Cole. Yeah, you can leave now. <laughs> so, anyway, uh, no, I would I would do it um, if I were him. I would go there and talk to Mike Norville. Like, again, Florida State's set up to win for quite a while. Yeah. They're set up to win, and if you want to do that, I'm still – I'm glad you brought up this Florida schedule because – I'm not often, and this is not, none of this is of their doing other than agreeing to play Florida State, Miami, and UCF. Like, those are the ones that they picked. But when they decided, you know, the SEC decided to expand in 2024, they're like, yeah, there's going to be the, the, you know, the wheel of doom is going to spend to one team a year where you're just going to, all the time, you know, golly. 
I mean, they do get a lot of these at home. Their first, their first three are at home, so that's good. That's a very tough place to play. The Swamp hasn't been the Swamp for a while, though. No, it's not. No, you're, you're very right, but um, that's the good news for them. But it's better. Like, if you're, if you're Billy Napier and you know that you have to win and, and make an improvement on a 5-7 and seven record and a, and a big improvement on a 5-7 and seven record to come back and be the coach again – and they're like, oh, here's your schedule. You're like, oh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what did you do to me? <laughs> what did you do? So, I mean. Well, hey, maybe they could be good enough to make the top 25 by the end of next year. Who knows? Maybe they're that 8-4 and four team that's in the, in the top 25 just because of how crazy their schedule is. Yeah. Yeah. No, you, I mean. You know what that could get them next year? If, you know, they designed the postseason well enough. Yeah. Well. I could get them into a into into Jack McKenzie's college football NIT. Yeah, yeah. They, All they right. get into my college football NIT. That's a great tease for the next segment. Jack McKenzie's college football NIT. That's next on the Triple Option 365 Sports. If your business is like most, you need things done quickly. But if you're still tying your critical applications together on multiple shared public networks, you've probably been feeling the slowdown. And that's no good for business. A private UPN fiber network can get you and your business moving at the speed of light. Whatever you need, we can build it. Internet, metro ethernet, waves, dark fiber. We deliver custom private networks and are focused on business customers only. Our next generation 100% fiber optic infrastructure offers you low latency and ultra scalable bandwidth with speeds up to 100 gigabit to run your critical applications. Your connection won't be limiting your performance anymore. It's diverse and scalable, so it can grow and change as your business grows and changes. And with a secure carrier-grade private network, you'll have all the reliability you need. Contact UPN today to learn more. Fast just got faster. This is 365 Sports, powered by Sikkim365.com. Welcome to the Triple Option. Here's your host, Paul Catalina. Alongside Jack McKenzie today, and Jack McKenzie is, uh, look, one day, you know, we might be long past the earth when this happens, but this video will be unearthed on YouTube. God, I kind of hope not. And someone will say, oh, this is we're going to do it. And we're going to call it the, the, the JMI, the Jack McKenzie Invitation. Invitational, the postseason JMI tournament that is for the non-college football playoff teams. It's based mm -hmm. off the NIT model. Yeah. So, so Jack, describe to our viewers how the JMI would work. So the JMI would take uh, understanding that the college football playoff takes the what I'm going to call the power four champions mm -hmm. plus the best group of five champion, and they automatically get into the college football playoff, and then they take another seven teams to fill out the rest of their bracket. Mm -hmm. The JMI would take... The other four group of five champions give them automatic bids into this tournament and then use the rest of the rankings or some other manner. I don't necessarily want to say a committee because of uh, recent events, but they would fill out the rest of a 12-team field. So you'd have two 12-team field tournaments in college football at the end of the year. And 
the second one would guarantee that power, that group of five champions get to play in the postseason and give a bunch of very successful teams, teams that will range from eight and four to ten and two probably, a chance to play for a trophy that really should mean something because I think it's very impressive to finish in the top 25 out of 133 FBS teams and to be able to go play postseason, earn money, because I think that a tournament featuring 12 very good top 25 teams would be extremely marketable alongside the college football playoff. Um, you'd You'd be earning good money for your school, your conference, and you would be building your brand to a further extent, helping your recruiting. Um, I, I don't see many reasons why you wouldn't want to play in this tournament if it were to come about. Look, the NIT, and if you're out there going, well, the NIT sucks, it's dumb, like nobody cares about it, I can tell you who does care about it. The coaches love it. Mm-hmm. Love it. Because if you've got a team that is not quite ready to be on that level but needs to learn how to do it, then getting in the NIT is invaluable. Um, Baylor's won the NIT. They've played the final in the NIT, and now they're one of the best. Like Those NIT runs set them up for what they are now, mm-hmm. which is a year-in and year-out NCAA tournament team. They're going to be... Big 12 title contender. Big 12 title contender. They're, they're pretty much most years going to be a four-seater above from here on out. Like, they've established that credibility. And four is the, like, I say four above. Four would mean, to me, the way that they recruit talent, like a ton of injuries and you kind of, like, stumble your way through the season a little bit. But they're not where they were where they're like, oh, hey, they're a nine seed. Woohoo! Glad to be in. Like, they're past that now. They're one of the elite programs. And the NIT set them up that way. If you were... Ole Miss, who keeps kind of knocking on the door, like if you got this opportunity to prepare a team for a playoff like you want to get them into, like it would be huge. And it's huge for confidence. It's huge for skills and reps and all that. Yeah, absolutely. This this is a great idea because the NIT is a really – like if, if you really look – at each year's field, I promise you, you're going to see four teams or so in the 69-team tournament in the NCAA that had really good runs in the NIT the year before. Yeah. At least four. Maybe more than that, but like you're going to see at least four teams, you're like, oh, they had a really good run in the NIT. So they were like just right there. Like, just right there knocking on the door. And yeah, I like, especially... Because I believe revenue sharing is coming in college football, this is another easier way to revenue share in that here's these games, you're going to make money off these games, let's go. And it's, I don't know how, like, I don't know how it works with the bowl system. I, that is one of the bigger question marks of, but, of my idea. But uh, here's the thing. We need to at least grab the big dirty rug that is the bowl system and shake it off. Mm-hmm. You know, get the dust out of it. And, 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 you know, we talked about the calendar earlier in the, in the show. The bowls need to be affected by that. Like, mm-hmm. that needs to be... And look, if you, you have, have a bowl like the Rose Bowl holding people hostage about yeah. a calendar, like, come on. If you have your 12-team playoff that, like, if our friend Tim Brando's right, goes to 16 before we know it. But if it's 12 or 16, whatever, then you have the next 12 or 16 after that, like, still going to be good. And then you can have your other bowl games that fill in, you know, I don't know. You can, 
you can make it all work and, and or that, you can just get rid of the stupid things because they don't make sense anymore. But yeah. that that's the other thing I want to make sure uh, people realize about this idea. Like, don't don't conflate it with the NIT. Is that like you're getting team sixty nine to what seventy three for the NIT? I, I I forget exactly how many make the NIT, but like you're getting sixty nine and above as far as quality. Yeah. Um. But for this college football NIT, you'd be getting teams thirteen to to twenty four. Like that is high quality football. And you'd have some very high quality games. You've got like the Alamo Bowl matchup this year, Arizona and Oklahoma. Both of those teams you could theoretically look at next year if you're not losing guys to transfer. This is also another thing. If you have got something legitimately good to play for, you will have fewer problems with people opting out if the transfer portal issue in the window is sol- is not solved. Yeah, no. So, so you've then got- you'd, you'd be allowing an Oklahoma or an Arizona to, to build into the next season and be like, hey, we know how to handle single elimination tournaments. If we can earn ourselves a spot in the playoff next year, we already have playoff type experience. It's not at the same level, but we, we know the mentality around it all, which yeah. I think that is a very big thing because we will start seeing Cinderella runs. They aren't going to be often. They're not going to be like like in, the, like in March Madness. But a team getting experience making a run like that could be very interesting to see move up to the actual playoff the next year. You want to you want to change like the transfer portal and regulate that and like make sure that it's it's not as crazy to, as it is. Start doing things like this in revenue sharing and then you can have legitimate contracts with players and things like that to where, you know, here are the conditions to go in the transfer portal. Then most of the guys that go in the transfer portal are going to go because they legitimately won't play at their next at this university. Yeah. You know, like they're they're stuck. And then your free agency movement is is limited, right? So, or you have you know you have to commit to a school like once you've been two years at a place, then you can go. Kind of a thing in the contract. Like again, you can negotiate these things out. But these are all ideas for the the future of college football that also, needs to also. And here's why I, I, I like this idea jack the structure of how they're doing it needs to completely change Mm -hmm. like they have like you've got to have all like you have this um this board of things you all have to make work and it looks right now it it looks like the uh the charlie meme from always sunny like the way they're trying to make it work right (laughs) the pepe sylvia yeah that's what it looks like there is no pepe sylvia (laughs) that's what it looks like you've got to make it you've got to turn it from you know the red yarn on a conspiracy theory board to a flow chart that's what it needs to be. Yeah. So, um, just, just out of curiosity, do you want to hear what the matchups would be in my theoretical I NIT do. tournament for this I year? I do. Yeah. So your four buys, because I I want to give the four buys to those conference champions. So your buys, uh, SMU, Boise State, Troy, and Miami of Ohio. Mm-hmm. Those those teams get a buy, and then. The winner of Louisville and Iowa, because I also don't want to match up like two ACC schools again. So Louisville and Iowa play to play SMU. Oklahoma and Oregon State play to play Boise State. Arizona and Notre Dame play to play Troy. And LSU and NC State uh, winner goes to play Miami of Ohio. Like, I think those are extremely entertaining matchups. Well, look, and also like can maybe placate the group of five a little bit, yeah. you know, the where you, you, you know, you can show like, Oh yeah, you're going to like, okay, but they won their conference or getting a buy, you know, 
you're getting to play this other game. You're probably going to beat them anyway, so don't complain about it. Also, right? I think this is a great structure for the TV networks because then they don't have to try and market an extra group of five game. Like they get to market brand versus brand, power yeah. five versus power five most of the time. And then it's like, okay, well, next round. Yeah, but those are the quarterfinals. There's more stakes. It's I feel like it's easier to market the group of five if the stakes are higher. Yeah. So I I, I don't like that's why I think that this structure works. And then past that, say all the group of fives lose, then you just you've got semifinals that are power five versus power five. If not, all of a sudden you've got your kind of Cinderella team from the group of five where they're already in the semifinals. Yeah. Like you're solving your own problems without putting the group of five behind the eight ball again. Yeah. No, I um I absolutely love this idea. When I'm the boss of college football, Jack, we are enacting the JMI. Okay. I'll, I'll take a consultation fee. Oh, it, look, you're going to be, you're just going to be, you know, you're going to be the guy that like at the, you're going to hand out the trophy. Hey, that's what you get. Like you're going to be there. You don't want my ugly mug on screen. <laughs> I say as we're on screen, you have to, <laughs> you know, congratulations to the Troy Trojans. Here you are. Champions of the JMI, best of luck in future endeavors. I believe they're back-to-back Sunbelt champs. Oh, okay, look, here's the other thing you can say. Like, we hope to not see you here next year. <laughs> yeah. That's the thing. Like, Yeah, we hope you're in the actual playoffs. We hope year. you're in the other one, and we hope to have somebody else in here who's getting better. So, anyway, that that is the kind of college football thing we need, something that helps the entire sport and not just a couple of entities of the sport jack mckenzie gold star today all the way around the jmi tournament let's get a grassroots movement going for it and get it into college football this is the triple option on 365 sports have a great weekend everybody if your business is like most you need things done quickly but if you're still tying your critical applications together on multiple shared public networks, you've probably been feeling the slowdown. And that's no good for business. A private UPN fiber network can get you and your business moving at the speed of light. Whatever you need, we can build it. Internet, metro ethernet, waves, dark fiber. We deliver custom private networks and are focused on business customers only. Our next generation 100% fiber optic infrastructure offers you low latency and ultra scalable bandwidth with speeds up to 100 gigabit to run your critical applications. Your connection won't be limiting your performance anymore. It's diverse and scalable, so it can grow and change as your business grows and changes. And with a secure carrier-grade private network, you'll have all the reliability you need. Contact UPN today to learn more. Fast just got faster.